welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Sybil Shibble. <laughs> and I'm Ethan Sereski. And I just realized the one thing I forgot to write this week was my own intro. And this week we're going to be talking about the Kraken. That's right, Chibble. As on all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, uh, me this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, demon, cryptid, something of that sort. And this week, it is the Kraken, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the other of us, you, Shibby, has done absolutely nothing. You've been lounging, having a margarita. You know nothing about this Kraken except that it's from... The Sweden-Norway area. Scandinavia, we call it. Well, it's more just Sweden, Norway, and Iceland. Yeah, well, I guess if you're leaving out Finland, then yeah, I guess that would make that distinct from Scandinavia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say Scandinavian and the Finns are like, we don't have a, a Kraken. That was the worst. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. I mean, I don't I don't know. I didn't study up on Finn. I did, I did put a little work in for Norwegian accent, so... Get ready, listeners, if you're a fan of my broad accents. I dated a Finnish girl once, and um, they had this tradition called sauna. And really what it was was a sauna. Yeah, and, they pronounce it different. Yeah, they would they would all go in the sauna together as a family, and the mother didn't wear a top. Nice. I mean, no, awkward. Not, no, it was, it was awful and very uncomfortable. And the father's sitting next to me, and I'm there, and... I'm topless, and you know, everyone's topless, and then you go in the lake, and they're like, that's sauna, and I'm like, that is a stupid tradition. We want to thank all our Patreon subscribers for tuning in early this week. If you want to get in on that kind of fun and get early access as well as access to our bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash unclemonster6. So, Shibby, I have a question for you. How would you like me to explain the Kraken to you? What would be the best way for me to impart my knowledge about this Kraken? The best way would be for me to take just a wild guess and you to tell me whether or not it's correct. I think that's wonderful. Why don't we start like that? You tell me, when I say the word Kraken, okay. what comes into your head? What's in your mind's eye? All right, I'm going to confess I've got a little bit of back knowledge. I remember... Liam Neeson and his famous line, release the Kraken, from some movie that came out at least 10 years ago. Uh, what movie was that? Uh, I don't know. It was some sort of Greek Clash God's of the movie. Titans. Oh, it was the remake of Clash of the Titans, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to guess, I would have guessed if you hadn't told me it was Scandinavian, that it was Greek. Uh, yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, I'm going to do it Ethan style this week. I've got... Two guesses. Oh, I like that. My first guess is that it is a sealed VHS collector with a Van Dyke that loves to spend his VHS profits on Polaroids of English women sitting on birthday cakes. <laughs> Was I close, close on that one? Yeah, I mean, 30 <laughs> Oh, and also it had glowing red eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. It has to have glowing red eyes. That was not a bad guess. What what is your second uh guess, Chip? My second guess is that it is a 
I'm going to guess a Greek sea monster known for feeding off of fishermen because the Greeks love to fish. And it's got uh, sort of a squid vibe to it, sort of a colossal squid, maybe with uh, tentacles radiating out from every side instead of just from the bottom. And it's like about a, the size of a uh, castle. So like, like, a, like a slender man as a castle in the water. Yes. A slender aquatic castle. I like, I like that idea. Yeah, that's the dream. And you're not so far off, Shibble. I do, I do have to tell you. All right. Okay, good. We're off to a great start. But let's get down to specifics in the form of a, a narrative. I believe you mentioned something about a, do you have a narrative fiction here for me? Oh, that can only mean one thing, Shibble. It's story time. It's story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time! Story time! Alright. Hey! Beast! Beast! Hey! New kid! New kid! You crane your head to see who could possibly be whispering to you. You don't know anybody. That much is for sure. This is your first week in your new town of Fiegel, Sweden. It's your first day at Dirch Secondary Learning Center. You just wanted to keep your head down and get through the day without being noticed as little as possible. That's not what I wrote. Get through the day being noticed as little as possible. The last thing you wanted was a repeat of what had happened at your last school. Hey, naked. But someone wasn't keen on letting you off the hook that easily. You are an American girl, right? You decide to engage your classmate whose name tag indicates that her name is Norst Ermflet. She is wearing a beautiful amethyst pendant. Yeah, hi. I'm from America, but I guess I'm Swedish now, right? <laughs> Norst stares back at her with an icy demeanor. I like your humors. We can be the best friends. What is your name? I can't see your nombrika. Uh, you're, uh, 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 how do you say? Oh, uh, name tag. My, my name tag. Nambrika. I learned another word. That's, that's, uh, that's bra. Bra means great. I already know that because I was born and raised here. I already know all of our words. You nod to show that you understand that she is fluent in her own language and slant your name tag toward her so that she can read it. It's Siebel. Siebel McCracken. I like this name. It makes my tongue feel happy to say. Do you want to be best friends always and forever? You freeze. You know it's dangerous to have friends. It cost you everything at the last school. However, you were lonely, and Norris is a fine companion, seemingly. Nothing wrong with getting along with your peers at school, right? Okay, Norris. I absolutely love your necklace, by the way. Amethyst was my mom's favorite. Best friends. You smile and lean toward her with your arms out. Norris just looks back at you. Yes, I have noticed you are flat-chested, but budding. The bell rings and the teacher, Miss Olofsson, begins a long lesson on marine history. It's all a blur of Swedish and chalk and cephalopods and inkfish and... Suddenly, a piece of paper smacks you in the face. Norst had thrown it at you as hard as she can. 
from the seat next to you. She is smiling and pointing at it and mouthing the word read. Read? You pick up the piece of paper and unwad it, finding instructions on how to exit the main building and meet by the school's main gate. The note is labeled 2 p.m. You groan, wondering what you've gotten yourself into now. You continue throughout your school day, learning the math, learning the science, the sex ed, and excelling at English. Suddenly it's 1.45, but what to do? Skip the last three classes and meet your new bestie? Risking a suspension? Or stand her up and be the new lame-o American kid at school? Fifteen minutes later, you see Norst as you hustle up to the school's main gate. I know you are coming to see your best friend forever. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. What? No hug? You spread your arms and move in for a squeeze. Afterwards, Norse snorts. Very flat-chested. Like making a hug on drywall. You are unsure why she keeps referencing her chest, yet you move past it. Norse, where shall we go for our adventure? Your place! Let's go! Oh no, this was impossible. The one thing that could not happen. Impossibility. A complete no-go. Norris, we can't. But we are. See? We're on our way. You don't understand. My parents are different. They're, They're strict. My dad is the toughest Swede this side of Dirty Bob Schreiber. Trust me, it'll be fine. Norris, I said no. Best friends don't pressure other best friends. With this, you walk away and sit on a mossy rock. Norst approaches you. But your parents aren't even home from work. I know mine aren't. We'll just stay for like an hour. It's not that big of a large deal. You sit there, sad that you can't have a friend over and that your life can't ever just be normal. My mom passed away, and my dad shouldn't be home for many hours... But we can't chance it. Your mother, she is the one who is liking the necklace. Norse fingers the delicate white gold chain that holds the amethyst pendant that reminds you of your mother. You know, I am having more than one of this. Maybe it should be wearing on you. (laughs) A gift. Norse puts the necklace on you and you feel that you may have found a true friend. She recognized the meaning of the necklace and everything. This Norst was special. Thank you, Norst. It's beautiful. Norst looks at you expectantly. And fine, but we have to be in and out, like ten minutes. You see my place, we hang for a minute, and we go to the Ikea, okay? Yes! It's an art of the deal! Agreement! You know this needs to be quick, and you reiterate the point to Norris as you make the way up the Swedish coast to your home. Norris is impressed. The place is huge. You guys are giggling up a storm as you enter. You even sneak a bit of wine to impress your friend with your maturity. One glass turns to two and the day gets away from you. Norris shares many unanimated stories of growing up in Sweden and working the cocoa fields. Suddenly you look at a clock. It is seven o'clock! Norris, it's seven. We have to go now. Okay, okay. No need to rustle up so many of your feathers. A roar like a jet taking off from just outside cuts off the conversation. Oh no, you think. Not again. What was that, Siebel? 
You slowly walk toward the door with Norst. I said, what was that? You pause for a second. It's my dad. The two of you look out onto the ocean that abuts your property and suddenly three miles of it rises up with a great crash. It seems the ocean itself has come alive. A lobster-shelled octopus, three miles tall, Mm. stands from the ocean and towers above the earth. A huge funnel from where it stood sucks all of the surrounding ships into its wake. It has half-mile-wide tentacles and spikes coming from its head with two huge tusks under its eyes. Oh, and it has a Medusa head of snakes. Everyone along the coastline has run screaming and news vans are parking at a safe distance to get footage. Norst is shaking and in tears. Your father, he's the Kraken. He prefers Mr. McCracken. Skitshoven, keep the necklace. Norst runs as fast and as far as she can, and Sybil would never see her again. A psychiatrist would, however. Alone now on the shoreline, Sybil realizes that friends come and go, just like they did at her old school. She'd make new ones, but family was forever. She looks up three miles high into the air and says, Oh, Daddy, and laughs lightly to herself, mindlessly fidgeting with the necklace that so reminds her of her mother. Wow. Great stuff. You like what it? A tale. Yeah, I did. Oh, good. And three miles. This is a big boy. Oh, it's very big, Shivel. Is that is that bigger than the Bermuda Triangle? This might be our biggest boy yet. Um, it's the biggest uh, animate. Oh, for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, I would imagine. Wow. I, I mean, the Bermuda Triangle is you know, I mean, we it's very loosely defined on our show. It's true. It's a very vague area. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a space. But no, it does extend, I think, from Bermuda down to the Florida Keys, so it might be bigger, but still. But not... you, but in the in the Hope Diamond episode, technically the entire United States is cursed. It's true. It cursed the entire United States. So that would be the biggest. Well, cryptid. that's the biggest effect. But the diamond, the diamond itself was maybe the size of a hardball. Well, God, that's a big diamond. No, not that big. It was what. Well, we said it was like inch and a half. Yeah, that's big enough. Jeez. No, it was a, it was a big boy. Well, but, the Kraken, Chibble. Shall we get to the Kraken? Yes. Oh my goodness, the Kraken. Give, me, by the, the way, give me the rundown. Give the me the Medusa tail head of the tape. was just one guy said that, but I had to throw it in. Yeah. No, it sounds great. The Kraken is an enormous legendary sea monster living off the coasts of Norway and Sweden. Mm. The sheer size and fearsome appearance attributed to the Kraken made it a common ocean-dwelling monster in various fictional works. The Kraken okay. is also... Yes? No, okay, yeah. That makes no, sense. Oh, may, may Why I... it would have been incorporated in like modern recreations of ancient myths. Yes. The Kraken is also one of, if not the, largest cryptid that ever existed. and is so far the only thing in the massive category on the cryptid wiki. Well, fair enough. Three miles is massive. Tentacles half a mile wide. That was an estimation on my part. I just gave him three half a mile. Three miles is how how big he is. That's real. Is that uh, from like tip of the head? Okay, so we're saying it's basically vaguely like octopus shaped. Was that right? Yes. But with tusks? 
Yes. There's a lot of different theories, but I like to meld them together. Yeah. Uh, but we're going with But the three miles, is that from tip of the tentacles to the tip of the head? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You have to, or maybe even, even t- tip of tentacle to tentacle, like wingspan. Okay, but not like just head, like tip of the head to beak. No, no, no. That would be insane. Three miles. Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, like I said, it's, I... We could see it from here, if that yeah, was the it'd case. Be, it'd be, yeah, then the tentacles would probably be like an additional 10 miles. It'd be a long <laughs> boy. So, yeah, then I, would, then I might estimate those tentacles across maybe being closer to eighth of a mile. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, do you think Rhode Island is actually the Kraken? It could be. Maybe it's a petrified Kraken. <laughs> they live on a petrified Kraken. They're that, stupid. <laughs> they should get out of there. The Kraken is the subject of many uh, sailors' superstitions and was first described in a travelogue by San, uh, Francesco Negri in 1700. Mm. This description was followed in 1734 by an account from Dano-Norwegian explorer Hans Egidi, who described the Kraken in detail and equated it with the Hafkufa of medieval lore. I'll get into that, don't worry. Okay, good, I'm excited. Yeah. However, the first accurate description, of course, <laughs> accurate. It was on this show. Yes, was now. Is credited to the Norwegian bishop, uh, Pontapidon, in mm. 1753, who has a uh, great name. And I've heard of uh, uh, a different cryptid, I think called the Bishop of the Sea, or something well, like that, that. Maybe this is the Bishop of the Sea. No, it's... It maybe Pontapidon up- is the Bishop of the Sea. Well, uh, the Bishop of the Sea, I don't think can uh, can describe things. Let me let me anyway. Go You're on. Gonna ruin a future episode? May well, I'm just gonna no. Okay, go on. I won't talk about it. Pontapidon was the first to describe the Kraken as an octopus of tremendous size and wrote that it had a reputation for pulling down ships. That's the real problem with this thing. That that he goes after ships. Yeah, he's a man killer. Yeah, that's not cool. The thing that I'm thinking of is called the Bishop Fish. Oh, what's he do? Uh, well, I'll save it for another episode, because I might do the Bishop Fish. It looks pretty good. Okay. Uh, the great man-killing octopus entered fiction when Victor Hugo introduced the octopus of Guernsey lore, which he identified with the Kraken of legend, which led mm. to Jules Verne's depiction of the Kraken, although Verne did not distinguish between squid and octopus. No, well, you know, the layman that was reading at the time didn't care. Just give me that big old boy squeezing the Nautilus. Yeah, just give me arms and a ship. Yeah, as long as that's 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yes, and and afterwards, as long as you journey to the center of the earth. Yes, in your time machine. Around the world in 80 days. Just as long as it's not... Rush Hour 2. <laughs> that's a Jules Verne book? Yeah, a lot of, not a lot of people know that. Rush yeah, Hour that's 2 a good based, one. On, based on Jules Verne. Okay, the etymology I'd like to talk about of the Kraken. Okay. The English word Kraken derives from Norwegian Krekchen, mm-hmm. uh, the definite form of Krake, meaning malformed or crooked tree. Okay. However, Finor Jonsson remarked that the Kreke also signified an anchor, which readily conjures up the image of a cephalopod, it says. 
Yeah, I could see that. Depending yeah, I, on the, the design of the anchor, but the way it sort of flares out, those could be like tentacles. Agreed. Shetlandic Kraken for whale, a taboo word, is listed mm. as etymologically related. Yeah, that's actually a racist term for whales, and we don't say it anymore. Are you joking? Yes, whales uh, do not care if you're racist. Oh, I thought, I swear to God, I it was like, is that a when racial you, slur? That's when you said taboo word. I was like, it, it must, it must be racist. That's so whales hate. So don't call a whale a kraken. No, they'd be like that. Actually, actually, excuse me. Why don't oh. you apologize to the whales in the audience? Only whales get to say that. Apologize to the whales in the audience. We at Uncle Monster would really like to apologize to any whale listeners out there for saying it was. We were saying it in an academic context, and I know that doesn't necessarily excuse it, but a lot of people out there don't know this stuff. And and we do apologize though if it upsets you. Sorry, whales. Some of the synonyms of kreke given by Pontapidan Pant- uh, were in Danish: surkreke, krekse, horv, krebi, sohorv, and anchor trolled. Anchor trolled. Yeah. Yes. All right. Perfect. Another good alias. Yes, they call me anchor trolled. <laughs> Uh, the first descriptions of the Kraken came in uh, uh, Magnus's 1539 Carte Marina. Mm. The ma- I guess it's a sea map now that I look at it. Uh, okay. Two big monsters appear on this map. The ferocious swine whale and the horned, flashy-eyed, bearded whale. And that mm. bearded whale is supposed supposedly a Kraken. Okay, so you might also refer to them as... A bearded whale. Even though this is, we're not talking about whales, and we are not using whale slurs. We're not using the K word for whales. No, no. But bearded whale, you can see etymologically it's complicated. We're sorry, whales, but that's what it is. We're gonna have to, we have to deal up this ugly history if we're going to learn from it. <laughs> it is an ugly history with whales, so let's not... Yes, let's, also I want to apologize for all the things that we've done to whales. Yeah, I was about to say, let's apologize to Japanese fishermen as well. I'm sure they're not taking this well. Yeah, and also, I'm going to be honest, fellas, not for nothing, maybe it's time to cut that one out. Let's go uh, back to catch a fish. The kraken was described as a many-headed and clawed creature by Igidi in 1734, who stated it was equivalent to the Icelander's Hafkufa. Mm. But the latter is commonly treated as a fabulously gigantic and magical whale. Mm, okay. Sounds like okay. an episode. Yeah, yeah, the Hafgufa. The Hafgufa, H-A-F-G-U-F-A. All right, with, I thought it was Hafgufa with the K-U-F-A, and it was like, that sounds almost like a Hebrew word to me. Like Haftorah is what you're yeah. thinking of, yeah, totally. Uh, Pontapidon, you know, the guy who popularized the crack into the world, he's like Yeah, Mr. we Kraken. all know Ton Papadon. Right, of course. He noted that it was multi-armed, according to Lore, and he conjectured, seeing that it was multi-armed, everyone else is like, it's an octopus, man. He goes, it's a giant sea crab or a starfish. Okay. I mean, it's definitely not a whale. I'm going to say, once again, whales, that is slander. Whales are not known for having multiple arms. That is, that is true. They're not known for having very many arms at all. No, no. When I think of whales, I don't think arms. I think of baleen. No, I think of uh, Pinocchio. Oh, really? That's a fir- I think of baleen and you think of Pinocchio. That's strange. 
Yeah, if we both had to do the word association game at the psychiatrist, then he said whale. You would say Baleen, and I would say Pinocchio. And he would say you're creative, and I'm and I'm boring. I don't think he'd say that. That'd be a horrible psychiatrist. That's what he would think, though. <laughs> My client is boring today. <laughs> Smoozers. I mean, that must happen so much to psychiatrists. I would have said something different because I would have tried to entertain him if I had known that it was, you know, going to be graded. It's true, yeah. And that's pretty much how we all feel all the time, and that's a big problem. So, Pantopidon uh, is instrumental in sparking interest for the Kraken in the English-speaking world. and he Obviously. Is- an authority on sea serpents and krakens. So he was basically uh, the uh, Ethan Soretsky of his era. <laughs> what? He was really bringing uh, krakens out to the people. He was getting the word out, and he was an expert on the topic. Well, in that case, he was. Oh yes, because oh, I forgot I presented this episode. Yes, he. Yes, he, uh, he much was... like me, I, I I consider myself a modern day Pontopidon. Yeah, I wish we could have him on as a guest. That would be great. Oh, can I? May I please contact the ghost of Eric Pontopidon? Yes, absolutely. If, no, no, no. We... Hello, ghost of Eric Pontopidon. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's me. What What did the Kraken look like? It had many tentacles and it was kind of like a crab. Or a starfish, which I know look very different. Do you but have the, children of the night? Yes, about the music they make. <laughs> um, we have um, the other uh, naturalist, Denis Montfort, or mm. Denise Montfort, uh, in 1801 published on two giants, the colossal octopus, mm. uh, with the enduring image of it attacking a ship, and the Kraken octopod deemed to be the largest organism in all of zoology. Yeah, three miles long. I I gotta be the biggest, you know? Yeah, you don't have much room at the top of the food chain beyond that, I'm gonna be honest. And of course, Finner Johnson favored identifying the Kraken as an octopus on etymological grounds. Fair enough. I'm gonna, you know that song, uh, The Little Old Lady That Swallowed a Fly? Yeah, uh, how's it go? Uh, and then she swallowed a spider. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. She swallowed a spider to eat the fly. <laughs> so she swallowed a cat. The end of that song is when she eats a kraken because there's nothing left. <laughs> That's the last verse that people don't know about. <laughs> you finally wrote the last verse of that? Yeah, boom, kraken. According to uh, Hans Egidi, mm-hmm. the kraken's body measured many miles in length, and when it surfaced... It seemed to cover the whole sea, Oof. and with all its heads and its uh, many claws on its tentacles that had claws. Oh, jeez. It would capture its prey, including ships, men, fish, animals, even whales, and carry the victims back into the depths. Look, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. This guy sounded like a number one seed at the Kumite right now. Yeah, I know. He's he, he's definitely going to be top four. He, and yo, he's... Top and he's two. definitely he's definitely going all the way to the final four unless we get some real spoilers in there. Well, you never know what's gonna happen. Star That's Jelly. True. Star Jelly took it. Did Star Jelly win? Oh no, oh no. Um uh Sharika Panda won. That is so weird. And of course season one with the original grand champion, Spring Jack. I like that pick. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a good Kumite. Um, Igidi also, I thought this was interesting, mm-hmm. wrote that the Kraki fell under the general category of sea specter. Okay, so there's something supernatural about it? That's that's what that hints at, but I didn't find any more of that. Well, I mean, that would make sense to me just because, like, if you ever hear about the sort of studies of, like, why we don't have giants is in part because, like, the heart would have to increase in size geometrically in order to, like, maintain blood pressure for a standing, walking creature. And so it would I just imagine, explode? Yeah, like, it would just have to have, like, a heart that was bigger than its body once it reached a certain size. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, then that's why we don't have 20-foot-tall people walking around. But it would make sense for something this large if there were some sort of magical or spiritual or supernatural aspect that was helping sustain it. So it is a sea specter. Igidi was right. I think the sea specter theory, I don't want to just dismiss it out of hand. It could be that the Kraken is also magical. I I hate to freak out our audience, but this (laughs) might be a three-mile-long magical squid-crab hybrid that might have Medusa snakes coming out of its head. Now, Shibble, I think it's time for some facts. Thank Uh, God. Would you like some Sweden facts? Ah, Sweden? Okay. Sweden facts. Jody's career started when she was four years old. She was in a hot dog commercial to start, and this is how she managed to get noticed. She's been in a few commercials throughout her career, but Full House is by and large the clincher when it comes to her legacy. Jody Sweden, you really threw me a curveball with that one. <laughs> did you see that coming or not? I did not see that coming. I did not think of, you know, and I saw her recently on uh, Celebrity Worst Cook in America. <laughs> doing all right for herself. Not I a saw cook. her get thrown down by a cop at an abortion protest. God, that, fuck that cop. Yeah, what an asshole. I mean, well, I mean, they do it to everyone, so. But but thank you for going out there. I'm assuming she was protesting in favor of abortion. Yes, she was on the right side, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jody. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I, I appreciated that, and I yeah, was happy to see some... her being vocal about it and getting, you know, I mean, she was brutalized. So. Yeah, she's getting, I'm not happy she was brutalized, but it's very commendable that she had some skin in the game. Okay, uh, uh, sweet in fact number two, Jody was bullied. Mm. In her 2009 memoir, Unsweetened... (laughs) Not bad. The star revealed she was teased as far back as elementary school, where she admitted she once got so fed up with one particularly relentless bully that she threw her blue plastic chair at the girl. Kind of sounds like she she was a bully. She just snapped. She got pushed too far. Oh, so she's a school shooter. Yeah. Thank God she released it with that chair instead of with uh, multiple guns. Sweeten's bullies didn't let up when Full House ended. At her high school freshman welcome dance, an older boy kissed her. She thought he was interested in her, but later found out he had he had a girlfriend and had just been dared to do it. Oh. Oh, that's not cool. That is awful. That's like a movie. I, I almost think that may, may not be true. Nah, I believe it. Kids can do shit like that. That's really mean. Yeah. Sure is. Oh, sweet in fact three. I was just shocked. That's awful. Uh, we all know at one time she had a heavy meth problem. Uh, she's been very candid about her problem and has thankfully recovered over the years. Good for you. When she was still in high school, Sweeten started abusing cocaine, 
she eventually started doing ecstasy, coke, and meth. By 2004, her addiction was so bad that she was down to 102 pounds and didn't care about getting caught, quote-unquote. That year, she snorted meth, which she kept in a lip gloss container in her purse, at the premiere of the Olsen Twins movie, New York Minute. Wow. That, that sounds like a very specific rock bottom. And I'm yes. glad, kudos to you, Jody, on getting that turned around. I am 100% certain that you're never going to listen to this podcast. But I do want to say, you've got our respect. I'm tagging her in everything from now on until she listens to the podcast. Okay, fair enough. If you do listen to it, you 100% have our respect. That's an amazing story, and we're glad to see that you're, you're doing all right. Yeah, this and is that a tribute. W- and it's funny that, you know, back in the 80s, this was like a real epidemic of just child actors getting fucked up. And everybody, it was like a joke. You'd be like, oh, ha, ha, look at that famous kid is now a fucked up adult. And nobody was like, actually, that's like a huge moral indictment of Hollywood. That doesn't and, happen as publicly anymore. Not as much. Like, you look at, and the classic example now is like the Harry Potter kids. And like how... Whatever How they well did, adjusted. Yeah, whatever they did on the sets for those kids who lived that life for like their entire childhood must have been how to do it right. Like they must have figured out a better way to do this. At yeah. least I hope so. Well, yeah, I mean they they seem you know fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys seem fine, and you and you just don't hear about it as often as you used to. Yeah, that's true. It used to be like a, a an epidemic. I mean, it was Trudy. Remember Trudy? Yeah, and like uh, you know the. Any any child actor Dana, that played Dana, in, what's her name? Uh, any Dana, yeah, yeah, Plato, Dana Plato, Dana Plato, and like anybody that played the main kid's older brother, all of the older brothers got fucked up, <laughs> like like they all started like doing crack and making Jason sex Hervey. tapes, yeah, and you'd just be like, why was this happening to every single one of you? This is awful. I guess it's systemic. Yeah, it definitely was like. Those dudes should have felt like they were abused as children, and that's how they wound up like that. Yeah, for sure. Back to the Kraken. Back to back into the Kraken, Chibble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Kraken to the future. That was a stretch. <laughs> uh, Pontip, uh, Pontopadon. Yes, made Pontopadon. Claims, made several claims regarding Kraken, including the notion that the creature was sometimes mistaken for a group of small islands with fish swimming in between. I bet you could build a very comfortable village on the back of a kraken. I I would live on a kraken. I mean, people in Rhode Island do. It's true. Norwegian fishermen often took the risk of trying to fish over krakens since the catch was so plentiful. Hence the popular saying, you must have fished on kraken. (laughs) You must have fished on kraken. That's a that's a, a popular saying. I mean, yeah, that's 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 when you had a good day, boy. You must have been fishing on that. Hey, kraken Shibble, today. you look great today. You must have fished on kraken. Hell yeah, you see that catch I got? Drinks are on me tonight. I was fishing on kraken today. Something I don't know, boy. I think it's just like a general thing. Like, look at those new shoes. What have you been fishing on kraken? Oh, just for someone. Not like when someone's got like a good haul on fish. Right. But, I thought it was like a saying amongst fishermen, which would also be cool. Oh, I think but, it is. I think it is. I'm just saying I think it should uh, be crossed just over. Just like j- just someone's just like had a streak of good luck lately, man. And that boy's he's been fishing on Kraken. I don't yeah. know what his deal is. Yeah, I, like I like that. It. 
as yeah. part of the lexicon, I think we should start saying that. Like, wow, Shibble, you're really funny on this episode. You're fishing on Kraken. Yeah, boy. You're on fire. Um, there was also danger to seamen, uh, the kind on boats, of being, okay. eng- of being engulfed by the whirlpool when it submerged the Kraken. And this That's whirlpool- also like when I jack off in the tub. and this whirlpool was compared to norway's famed moskstroman often known as what uh the something storm i'm gonna the maelstrom maelstrom okay pontopodon also described the destructive potential of the giant beast Mm. it is said that if the creature's arms were to lay hold of the largest man of war they would pull it down to the bottom I don't doubt it. Yeah, that's not the most impressive claim. Yeah, we're going to get some impressive claims when we start trying to do some math on Fight Night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Kraken purportedly uh, exclusively fed for several months, then spent the following few months emptying its excrement and the thickened, clouded water attracted fish for all the fishermen. Okay. And those boys are fishing on Kraken. So, Pontopodon was the main guy. He had no idea whether it was a a starfish, crab, or octopus. Uh, Montfort was the other guy who identified the two species of giant octopi, the colossal giant and the kraken octopus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although he used the name Sepia octopodia, but called it a poople, which means octopus to this day. That's still an active word, a poople. Okay, I... I'll try and work that one into the old vocab. Poople. Yeah, poople. It's like a it? popple, the toy, the popple, and, okay. uh, you know. And 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 a poodle. Right. Uh, while the English-speaking naturalists had developed the convention of calling octopi eight-armed cuttlefish. Not accurate. What do you different, mean? An octopi is different from an eight-armed cuttlefish. Right. No, they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's not accurate. Listeners... That one is fiction. Boy, oh, 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 oh. Um, also, we had a warship in Ville de Paris okay. having accepted that a colossal octopus was capable of dragging a ship down. Montfort, or Montfort, Montfort made a more daring hypothesis because mm-hmm. once you have a monster, you have to blame it for stuff. Oh, yeah. He wanted to blame Octopi for the loss of 10 warships under British control in 1782. Mm. The disaster began when the distress signal fired by the ship, which was then swallowed up by parting waves. Mm. And the other ships coming to aid shared the same fate. Uh, Montfort proposed by process of elimination that such an event could only be the work of Octopus. I mean, he's right. It had been pointed out to him that the sinkings had been explained by the presence of a storm... And his involving octopi as complicit uh, beings had been characterized as reckless falsity. Well, a hater's gotta hate. I gotta stick with Montfort. I like how even in like 1782, you couldn't just lie in public like you can now. Like it's like, no, that's reckless falsity. That's that's not true. Yeah, you are you are spreading fake news, my friend. It's exactly what they were telling him. Fake that's news, why you have gotta get all of your news straight from my Twitter feed. <laughs> Which is what? If you go to Chris the Friend. There you go. Um, Also, another sighting. 
The ship Niagara, on course from Lisbon to New York in 1813, mm. logged a sighting of a marine animal spotted afloat at sea, claimed to be a thousand feet in length, covered Way in shells, small. covered in shells, uh. and had many birds alighted upon it. Okay, so maybe it was like a baby that had died. Yeah, it could. Yeah, oh, that's oh. oh, that's terrible. I don't want that to see terrible. a dead baby kraken. No, no, maybe it was just in disguise. Yeah, maybe it was just, maybe they're like possum. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was just sort of like, I'm going to go hang out at the surface for my teen years on, like, uh, an internship. Yeah, while my dad is Rhode Island, I'm yeah, I'm going to intern as an island. Um, yeah, I'm interning as the floating gyre of garbage. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad would say I interned as uh, between <laughs> high school and college. Um, also... There was an alleged two-headed and horned monster that beached ashore in Dingle Co. Uh, Cary, Ireland. Dingle Co. Cary? Dingle Co. Cary, Ireland. Dingle Co. Cary, Ireland. Yep. How did I get Dingle Co. Cary and then fuck up on Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> you were too excited about Dingle Co. Cary. It's true. I was I too excited. I got I fumbled it. It was a giant there. cephalopod that washed ashore of which there was a picture made by the discoverer. Mm. He made a traveling show of his work on canvas and introduced himself as the Kraken Master. All right, and so his story is that the Kraken has two heads. Yes. And was probably significantly smaller than three miles long. He's also a liar. Yeah, this is, I, I think he just found some sort of mutant squid. Now, last but not least, uh, the sightings in 1818 sparked an awareness of the Kraken amongst like you know the english-speaking world Hence, thank god uh, we're continuing to raise kraken awareness to this day wear your tentacle shaped ribbons <laughs> what color is the kraken probably green uh i always pictured it as pinkish but oh that's cool so, yeah, so pink, they really... well they, they already have pink ribbons for breast cancer yeah but this one's also shaped like a tentacle Oh, so you won't... Yeah, it'll look like a Kraken. I guess there won't be any mixing it up. And then, the yeah, everyone will be like, what's up with that uh, breast cancer ribbon? And you'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is actually... And then you get to have the conversation and raise awareness. It's a you say, I don't start. support breast cancer. I'm against breast cancer. I'm for yeah. Krakens. I'm pretty sure at this point we don't need to raise breast cancer awareness. I think everybody knows about breast cancer. Yeah. What you need to know about is Krakens. <laughs> so... um, Lord uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote a poem called The Kraken. Oh, my God. Do you have it? Can I read yes, it? Yes, I do. Would you like me to read it? Oh, yeah. Go for it. You want to read it? I'd love to read it. But if oh, you want I would, to read I'll, it. I'll have you read it, of course. Uh, I don't let me, you know, don't let me steal your sunshine. Right. If you want No, it, I don't it. care about reading a fucking poem. <laughs> you kidding me? All right. Sir Alfred Lord Tennyson's. The Kraken. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, <laughs> his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep, the Kraken sleepeth, <laughs> faintest sunlights flee. About his shadowy sides, above him swell, huge sponges of millennial growth and height, and far away into the sickly light, from many a wondrous grot and secret cell. Unnumbered and enormous polypy, 
Winnow with giant arms, the slumbering green. There hath he lain for ages, and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep. Until the lat, and then it cuts off. The latter fires shall heat the deep. Then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die. Wow. What an awful poem. That was a great poem. I loved it. Shibble, that was an awful, awful poem. I was really feeling it. Be serious. Is that a good poem? Yeah, I thought it was good. I don't oh. think I've ever written a poem that good. I, You could write... If, if I read three facts, you could write a poem better than that. Okay, at the next facts, I'll try. Is it time for facts? It's time for facts. You ready? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, hit me. Uh, let me get my blank piece of paper. Okay, well, we, I want to time it at the same time. Okay. Ready? Sweet facts. Hard times. In November 2008, Jody Sweeten filed for a legal separation, stating in court documents uh, that the house was in foreclosure and all of her bills were overdue. What unfolded was an ugly custody battle where Jody temporarily lost her daughter after relapsing on meth. However, this finally pushed her to get clean, which is a good thing. Sure is. Jody has had three ex-husbands and is now married for a fourth time. She's also a 32 triple D, surgically enhanced, but only a lift in shape, which is very impressive. Number six. Good for you, Jody. Jody lost her dream job in middle school, which is pretty amazing when you really think about it. Dealing with the job loss as a child, and a gig many adult actors would consider a dream job at that, was a drawback. Sweeten was just 13 years old when Full House was canceled. The series cancellation occurred when the eighth season finale was already underway, leaving the cast, crew, and fans without the closure they would have appreciated. And that's kind of poignant, you know, because when you're 13 and you lose the biggest job of your life, like, how do you handle that? That's that's pretty devastating for anyone, so I feel bad about that for Jody. Jody had a, had a, has had some rough times, but I think she's come through it okay. Don't you think, Shibs? I do. I think she finally got there. Yeah. Well, we only have three more Jody facts uh, left. But I have my Kraken poem. Okay, now we are going to see if you could write a better Kraken poem in 40 se 30 seconds than Alfred Lord Tennyson, the famous poet, wrote in probably a year. Kraken by Chris Anderson. Far past the maddening gray, beyond the last sea's sigh, he wakes and lies, and wakes and lies, as his time draws nigh. He knows the hour, he knows the day. The Kraken is my guy. Okay, I love it. I, I, I think it started stronger than it ended. <laughs> I think uh, I think you were absolutely right. I am a better poet than Sir Alfred Lord Tennyson. I well, that's I definitely believe that. Do you know what time it is, though? Oh my God, this thing sounds so crazy to me. 
that poem situation was crazy to me. But the Kraken situation is also just so crazy. But can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. And this might sound crazy, but... Can it love? Can it love? Sybil, I don't know, man. It doesn't sound like it to me. This thing sounds like it's full of hate. It's like a monolith. You know, it's it's like a... It's like a... It, it's like it. You know, it's it's like the turtle in Stephen King's universe. It's just like this de- it's almost like a deity. It's it's too big to care about other entities and I don't think there's another Kraken. Yeah, and you can see why HP Lovecraft would be pulling from this for Cthulhu. Oh yeah. You know, that it, it is such an unnerving figure, this giant, giant thing with tentacles from the deep sea. It's so alien. And we hear stories about it attacking people. We have not heard one single story about it doing something nice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't do many nice things. We've got stories going back hundreds of years. All we get is attacking ships, attacking the shore. Attacking a man of war and dragging it down. Yeah, dragging things down to the bottom of the sea. The absolute worst thing you would want to happen to you if you lived somewhere near the sea or if you're any creature that breathes air yeah yeah but i mean like specifically when you think of the people who are telling this story and like why it resonates oh okay because like that is because i don't want to drown either no i don't want to drown but like i don't have to deal with that fear on a daily basis the way a fisherman would <laughs> yeah, it's I don't have point. like drowning PTSD where I saw my buddy drown at work last week. I need you to go back out there today to the same fucking job. I would really not like to see someone drown. No, oh my god. So yeah, that sort of collective horror would obviously, if we were to say that this was not real, which I'm not hundred percent convinced that it's not. Uh, you could see where that would come from a collective unconsciousness. Do kaiju come from this too? Um, they, I, I don't know enough about the origin, the cultural origins of kaiju to say. I do like obviously a lot of people think that Lovecraft. Godzilla resonates because of anxiety from nuclear attacks and like it was tapping into that specifically. Right, 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 right. Uh, and and living in a, a post nuclear weapons world. Uh, but as far as their more like literary origins, I do not know. So how would you break the ice with something that couldn't love? What would your first date with the Kraken be? I mean, just because it can't love doesn't mean, I mean, that it can't get something out of a relationship. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No. Our first date is going to be 
a, a just a quickie, baby. This is just a this is just a, a Tinder hookup. You know what I'm saying? A wham bam. Thank you, Kraken. How big do you think its vagina is? I think the whole experience is going to be very weird. <laughs> it's a good way to answer that. <laughs> I think there's going to be. I think it probably catfished me. Uh, <laughs> no, I think honest. you were probably just interested we, in a new experience. We probably catfished each other a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, you're my, not five my... eleven, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not human. Yeah, and you're three miles. <laughs> you're three miles. You said you were four eleven. Uh, my first date would be tailgating. Four eleven. Am I a pervert? I no on, on its. Oh okay. Yeah no four eleven seems too short for me personally. I dated a girl who was four eleven once and it was weird. Yeah, but this is this obviously obviously no disrespect meant to any short people. No no she was super super pretty. I mean it was that it was not it was just weird because like she it was just all, feels physically trust me, it was weird. Yeah it just it I could see that there could be moments of awkwardness that could be off putting. Yes. And then sort of throw like off Like when we would, when we would physically fight, it was unfair. Like when you would you you would knuckle up? Yeah, like when we would get into an argument and then physically fight, it was like just when you completely would just unfair. Beat up a 4 foot 11 <laughs> <laughs> When I would do, double leg takedown and then start throwing elbows, it was really like she couldn't didn't have the strength to to you know, you throw just, me off of her. You always say that I should discount reach, but here we are, reach distinctly an advantage. No, I don't think it's reach. I think it's strength. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I think reach is far overrated. I, I don't think that was the issue with her beating me up. Speaking of, it. Oh wait. Uh, can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? Um. You know, I don't think it can. I do think that there is something to be said to the fact that this thing is physically too large have anything that it could fuck do you think it has genitals i'm gonna say i'm gonna take it back to this spiritual nature that was hinted at by uh uh who was it uh uh Montfort. yes i'm gonna say that it is well maybe is sort of uh almost a tulpa a, a generation of a collective unconsciousness which would explain, yeah, but, but did those people imagine it with a penis or a vagina? I, I don't think they. I don't think they did because I don't think most of them associate sexuality with drowning. <laughs> I don't David, think they David, think of that as a horny death. David Carradine does. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if they watched uh, Guillermo del Toro's *The Shape of Water*, but I don't think so. That's one I've missed from him. I, I watch like almost all of his movies, like Pan's Labyrinth, I, I think and one, the, the uh, Orphanage. You skipped the one about the woman Devil's who fucks backbone. the fish, huh? Devil's Backbone. Yeah, classic. Kronos. Yeah. Do you know what time it is now? It's wait. I thought you had erotica. Uh, yeah, but it's not going to work. Fair enough. It's fight night. Discretion is the better part of valor.
It is. We have fight night number one. We have the Kraken versus how many prime Shaquille O'Neal's. Okay. This is going to be incredible. Here's what we... I'm going to give you two options for how Shaq is going to get this done. Either you're going to need, I'm going to say, 1,000 Shaqs. (laughs) Or you're going to need a small elite team of five Shaqs that have been trained and been given specific instructions as to how to debilitate the Kraken. And they go in there like a SEAL Team 6 of No, shots. we can't have them have special directions on Kraken killing. That's not fair in fight Okay, night. then you're going to need 1,000 shacks. So, one every five feet? Yeah, and they're just going to have to be, like, punching and kicking him? Because is he allowed to be armed? No. <laughs> yeah. So they're just going to have to be... Imagine being swarmed with bugs that are punching you. Like, you're going to have to be that many shacks. I'm trying to yeah okay a thousand shacks they they would have to probably swarm vulnerable areas like the eyes eyes and throat I don't think it has a throat yeah I think they'd have to try and go through the eyes okay I would say eyes are probably the best route to Shaq do you think the eyes are the best way I always go for the eyes (laughs) are you gonna matter who I'm fighting my first move thumbs Eye sockets. Apply pressure every time. Hey, Shivu. Yes. Yes. Um, Ask me what I'm going to say to the Kraken before I fight it. What are you going to say to that Kraken before you fight it, Shaq? What's Kraken? <laughs> you got his ass. You got his ass, Shaq. Burn. All right, so we're thinking 1,000 Shaquille O'Neal's in his prime. Swarming for the eyes of the Kraken with their bare hands, <laughs> ripping at his flesh with their teeth. That is that is that the is best fight I've horrifying. ever heard. That is amazing. What a way to go! Uh, yeah, the poor Kraken. Um, and now we're lose we have a lot the... of shacks in this process. Obviously, he's going to be trying to swat them out of his own eyes. We have the Kraken versus the Cracker, his giant American insurrectionist cousin. Oh, those guys are all cowards going down, getting dragged down to the bottom of the sea like a Trump boat convoy. (laughs) Remember when that happened? Yeah, remember when they had that boat show and they started sinking? Yeah, that was great. I love that. Um, Number four, we have the Kraken versus the Loch Ness Monster. Ooh, Nessie is big, but he is not fucking three miles big, and he also doesn't have claws. Oh, I think that's those right. claws are going to be a distinct advantage. He seems gentle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a lover, not a fighter. You never hear stories of Nessie attacking boats. All right, so we're going with Kraken. Yeah, Kraken. All right, Kraken versus the Placken. Another Kraken with poisonous, unbrushed teeth. Okay. I feel like those teeth have to offer some sort of advantage. Yeah, but it has to get close enough to use them. Yeah. But, so it all comes down to, and I think obviously the Kraken with these tentacles, it's going to be a ground game. This is not going to be a stand-up fight. Right. They're going to be getting close. So, yeah, I'm going to put this one on the Placken. The Kraken versus Lauren Boebert and her entire family armed with the guns from their Christmas cards. Jeez, okay. How many people are in the family? About six, seven. Nah, they're done, though. 
They are donezo. But they, they all have automatic weapons in their Christmas cards. I'm not sure if you noticed that they're being attacked by a tentacle that is an eighth of a mile wide. Its skin must be literally like six feet thick. There's no try- way a gun is going to penetrate that. Are you trying to tell me that like the whole reason that people keep those kind of guns like for government tyranny, like that you could kind of compare that to a Kraken arm and it would be useless? Yes, I'm going to say that definitely. If the if you if the government really really wants to fight you a lot, it's going to win. The Kraken versus Freddy Krueger. Ooh, okay, so does the Kraken dream? Yes. Does it? I, well, I'm going to say cephalopods, octopi's are known to dream. You can see them like changing color and skin texture in their sleep, and that's because they're dreaming. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say that the Kraken does dream and that once you're in dreamland freddy's got you but does it have a friend that'll wake it up no No, we have not heard about a single friend to the kraken oh that's what happens when you're mean yeah yeah you should try being nice okay the kraken versus the leprechaun and the kraken has his gold but Mm. jennifer aniston is his girlfriend okay so the Kraken has the Leprechaun's gold. Does the Leprechaun have any pieces of his gold? None. He's so well. No, he has one piece, so he has okay. some powers. He started getting his powers back. Yes. So he can use trickery. How could you trick the Kraken? You'd have to trick it into giving up the gold. I'm another Kraken. No, I'm Jennifer Aniston. Uh, well, she's seen, with him. We, Yes, but she's all she has to do is like wait for her to go to the bathroom or something, and then the leprechaun will come out and be like, "I'm Jennifer Aniston." <laughs> Ooh, where did we hide the gold? I forgot. <laughs> and You're the right. Kraken the would, like, would fall You're for that. You're so silly, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> we hid it in the trunk of your car. <laughs> You're right. The Kraken would fall for that in a second. Yeah. Last but not least, the Kraken. Versus a team of federal Kraken agents trying to get back secret Kraken documents in a raid. Ooh. Well, the Kraken is known for hiding, as opposed to leaving his secret documents just out on tables. Right, or in a desk, or, you know. Yeah. Or selling them. Yeah, or selling them to the Saudis. (laughs) Uh, So... Yeah, I'm going to say the Kraken might be able to successfully evade uh, the agents. All right. I'm going to the Kraken. I love that. Jibble, excellent fight night. Yes. Boy, what a night. And boy, I think it might be time for some sweet facts. Oh, sweet and facts. God, you got to love those. Uh, Jody has stayed pretty close with some of her Full House co-stars. In fact, Candace Cameron Bure, because she married the hockey guy, Valerie Bure, okay. um, was the matron of honor at her wedding. So oh. they did, in fact, become pretty close. That's great. Good for them. I like that, that they stayed close and she was supportive of her during her hard times. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to see that it wasn't all bad. Well, here we go. Jody no. was in an abusive relationship. No. In 2017, Jody made headlines. This is pretty bad. When she filed a restraining order against her fiancé, Justin Hodak, who's a douche, as a result of a violent argument they had in the home they shared. Hodak reportedly employed harsh and abusive language and threatened to commit suicide if Sweeten made him leave. 
He then mm-hmm. escalated the conflict by pulling down a seven-foot bookcase, blocking the doorway, uh, and trapping Sweeten in the room. Finally, the ex-boyfriend revealed and threatened the use of a gun, which he took oh, with Jesus. him when he left the house. Yeah, that's scary. Oh, my God. But we have some good news for our last fact. Well, oh, thank God. And and she got out of it, and she's alive, and she, thank God. Exactly. You know, that's good news that, in that's and of itself. That is inspiring. It is, because, you know, a lot of people don't make it out of those situations. Yeah, thank God. Sobering up. Sweeten finally got sober for good on December 7, 2008, when her drinking put her custody of her daughter at risk. Mm. After, quote-unquote, drinking a shitload and, quote-unquote, taking a bunch of meth ahead of a flight to L.A., she was informed that her drinking had triggered an emergency custody investigation, which turned out to be the final wake-up call she needed. From that day forward, I threw myself into going into AA and avoiding people who do blow off their coffee tables, she told us weekly. Well, good for you. That's a Wait. smart decision. Yeah, good and and good for you for sticking to it, you know. That I'm sure could not have always been easy and but uh, that's great. That's See, a happy I told story. you we'd end on a good note with with yeah. our Sweden facts. We did, and boy and but now I'm back to thinking about this Kraken, and it's got me shitting my pants. Well, it's scary. It really it, is. It's three miles long. <laughs> Can you tell me, is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! Would we have a delay, or are you just off today? Uh, I got a bit of a headache. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Well, it, it could be possible that the Kraken could have been early sightings of a colossal squid. Okay. Uh, also, Kraken dung, quote-unquote, that had been found on the shores by Vikings had proved to be amber. Okay. Uh, the legend may have originated from sightings of real giant squid that are estimated to grow from 40 to 100 feet in length, including the tentacles. Well, that's pretty uh, big. They have been sighted at the surface and have attacked ships, so. Okay. And um, I can see you're freaking out and you're telling stories. That'll get you up to three miles. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, if you had your ship dragged down by a giant, I mean, it would seem three miles long. Yeah. Um, after a specimen of the giant squid Architeuthis was discovered by the Reverend Moses Harvey and published in Science by Professor A.E. Barrel. Commentators have remarked on this cephalopod as possibly explaining the legendary kraken. All right. And last but not least, an ancient giant cephalopod resembling the legendary kraken has been proposed as responsible for the deaths of ichthyosaurs during the Triassic period. Damn. This theory has met with severe criticism. Now, squid got him. Yeah, I think we're going with uh, octo- octopus. Yeah, took him out. What an amazing fight that should have been. Not as great as the Thousand Shacks no, going obviously. for the eyes of a Kraken. No, yeah, obviously that's my theory as to what happened to the Kraken. What a was... movie. A Thousand Shacks versus the Kraken. Yeah, uh, if there are any animators out there uh, in the audience, you can have that idea for free. Oh, uh, just make it. Just make sure you send it to us. Yeah, just uh, yeah, give, it a, give us the old tip of the cap. What is that light? It's the red light from Uncle Monster. Hey! Uncle Monster, how are you? 
I've got a headache, so I'm not going to talk anymore. Do you have it? Oh, well, I guess uh, you don't have any movie reviews. Uh, no. Is your brother around? Then let's take a look. Uncle Monster 2. Hey! Oh, hey, what's going on, brother? Hi, Shibble. You got any movie recommendations for us, bud? My brother has a headache. He does. It's going around. I hope not. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want you to get it. Thank you. Um, I have two movie suggestions. All right, hit me with number one. If you're not into the Kraken or Swedish people, but you are into architecture and long interviews with Paul Goldberger, like six hours worth, watch Ken Burns' Brooklyn Bridge. You've been on a real Ken Burns kick lately. I love Ken Burns. Also, if you're a child and you like Harry Potter, don't watch I Spit on Your Grave because it's light on the Lumos and heavy on the rape. And spellinate. <laughs> Lumosity. So thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We hope you had a fun time. We did. And we hope that you uh, check us out on social media. You can find us at Instagram at UncleMonster6, on Twitter at UncleMonsterPodcast, and on Patreon where you can get early access and bonus episodes at UncleMonster6. We love that you guys listen. We love being here with you guys. It's so much fun. Tell your friends. Get more people. Let's grow this thing and have fun together, man. Let's let's learn about these cryptids and just have a good laugh, all right? We'll see oh, you next time. In. Next time, also possibly featuring special guest, my wife, Anna. That would be so cool. I can't wait. That would be so cool. I'm really excited for that. But in the meantime... <gasps> Don't, Don't get, get spooked. spooked.